Hello, and welcome to On a Mission Podcast, where we aim to inspire and educate through sharing stories and experiences in the real estate industry. It's hosted by Dina Frank, a licensed realtor in the state of Minnesota at Remax Results, a Good Life Group, and Kelly Tanky, loan originator, NMLS 1599804 at Summit Mortgage Corporation, NMLS 1041. We started this podcast so we could share real stories from real people on their experiences in the real estate industry and break down barriers. We hope that by sharing these stories and experiences, it helps you feel more confident and comfortable when it comes to buying or selling. If you find this information helpful, please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to podcasts. And as always, enjoy. And now let's get to this week's episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of On a Mission Podcast. I'm Dina Frank. And I'm Kelly Pinky. And today, continuing our special guest series that we have going on, we have got a real special guest here we are so excited for. And yeah, we just can't wait to dig into this. I think people will find a lot of value in what we're going to talk about today because I feel like I feel like this is like the unsung hero sometimes of the transaction. And a lot of people are like, wait, I don't really understand this. And like, you know, I think a lot of it has to do with the timing that, that you guys come in with. And so I'm excited to get into this. So Kelly, do you want to introduce our guest? I would be happy to. Um, I don't, think I have a bio for you, Leah. So what I'm just going to share is that this is Leah Sensical with results title. And Dina and I have been working alongside with her um, for several of our, a ton of our transactions and always smooth sailing with Miss Leah. And so what better person to have on the podcast as a special guest and talk through the ins and outs of title then our very own Leah, who just has always made the magic happen. So I think, you know, we usually love to start off with the rapid fire questions. So let's go ahead and do that. And then we'll talk a little bit of background information about Leah and she can help answer some of those questions. Sound good? Sounds good. Thanks for having me today, ladies. Yes. Yes, of course. All right. So rapid fire questions, just real quick responses, Leah. Nothing too challenging. So first question, where are you from? Maple Grove, Minnesota. Born and raised? Born and raised. I've never moved 20 miles away from home, if you can believe that. Wow. Where'd you go to college? Like I didn't go to college. Oh, okay. I did not go to college. That's okay. You know what? For I I would say that for a lot of stuff that can be accomplished in life. You do not need to go to college for it and yep. still be wildly successful without having a college degree. <laughs> Thank you. That yes. is perfect. As Leah has showed us. So. <laughs> yeah, I love that. All right. So I'm wondering if this next question might apply still to the area that you live in. Uh, what is your favorite restaurant? Actually, it's the River Inn in Hanover, Minnesota. Oh, I know where Hanover is. It's a little <laughs> hidden gem. Is that it is like sweet. right on? It's like in Hanover, right? It it's like a little on the corner, the like a, a cycle bar kind of. Kind of, yeah. It's yeah. very tiny and quaint. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, very nice. What's uh? What is the appeal to that? 
particular place besides it being quaint? The love- atmosphere and the food okay. is excellent. What do you typically Oh, nice. Steak? Steak. Get a steak. The steak is All right. awesome. <laughs> Dina, you want to go ahead with the next two questions? Of course. So, Leah, what is something you are most proud of? I would have to say my career, to be honest. Yeah. I've worked really hard at this. Obviously, my family. Everybody's, you know, uh, accomplishments of their family. But um, I did go to college. And so this uh, 26 years later, I still absolutely love what I do. So, yeah. That is a few. You heard it, folks. 26 years. years, That's That's incredible. So I am guessing that you have seen a lot a lot yeah. we'll get into that yeah. for sure, sure. <laughs> all right well, so going on along with that is what's your biggest accomplishment i think my family okay yeah right. my husband and i have a blended family okay so he um has a son that's 35 i have a daughter that's 33 and then we have a son together that's 31 nice and so that's always been challenging with the you know several different families involved in our little family so yeah Leah, I want to know your secret. You look pretty darn good for oh. children that age. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that is awesome. I wouldn't have never. I would have never guessed. Yeah. No, never. I mean, that's literally around our age. So. Yeah. Yeah. I'm 36 and you're 35, right? Yeah. I will be 30. I'm, cu- I'm coming up on you here. Oh yeah, that's right. It's your birthday month. <laughs> Very cool. And I also want to share with you, Leah, that for all of the guests that have been on our um, podcast, when we ask them about what they're proud of and their biggest accomplishments, it's always family, family, your children. So yeah, that's, uh, we're, we're keeping that trend going. All right. Last and final question, sweet or salty? You don't have to go with sweet, honestly. Right. Yeah. Did you have cookie dough or ice cream this yes, weekend? Yes, I did. Okay. <laughs> and then yesterday, uh, my girl, we do a football day. Uh, my family's very into football. Anyways, a girlfriend brought over um, candy corn and peanuts, and I've never had that mixed together. Oh. And that is the salt and the sweetly sweet, and the candy corn just won over the yeah. peanuts. You know. Yeah. I'm so glad to find another person who loves candy corn like I do. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you have people who are like, candy corn is the most disgusting thing ever. And I'm like, I'll take it. That's I like some salty peanuts. It's delicious. That would be a good combo. I feel like I'd really enjoy that. Yeah, it is. it is. All right. Let's get into what I like to call the meat and potatoes of our podcast. We obviously have somebody who plays an incredibly vital role in the mortgage or sorry, the, the real estate transaction process. And so we thought it would be just absolutely beautiful to have, um, to talk through what that looks like. Um, what is title? Why title? Why is it so important? Um, we also want to hear some fun stories from Leah as well. So, um, obviously we did, we did hear that you have about 26 years of experience already, but, um, give us a little bit of background information, how you got into title, how long you have, other than 26 years, is there any other, um, background in the real estate process that you have that you'd like to share with our listeners? Well, I got into the business. Uh, my youngest son, I uh, was going into pre-K and I worked a third shift uh, as a bookkeeper for Cub Foods down in Stillwater 
I traveled back and forth that night. So we didn't have to pay for daycare. So I worked the third oh, wow. shift. Wow. And once he got into pre-K, um, I thought, you know what? I want to get a real job during the day and talk to people. <laughs> <laughs> I am bad. somewhat of a people person and being entitled and sitting at closing tables with individuals, you have to be a people person. So I went to a, um, a temp agency called Gene Thorne. You guys are probably too young for this agency. But, uh, I said, give me a job. This is my background. You know, I didn't go to college, but I, you know, got, you know, strong will to learn. So they sent me over to a company called Safe Trans. And I thought, what is this? This sounds like a trucking company. It does you sound know? like a trucking company. <laughs> so I walked in the first day and it turned out it was a third party relocation company for mm-hmm. Chicago title insurance. Okay. Interesting. I was there for 11 years. Wow. And we relocated people um, throughout the whole United States. So for example, Kraft Foods has an employee. They need to sell their house in Minnesota to get them to Florida. So we Mm -hmm. would be involved in that whole transaction. We work closely with real estate agents on both ends. Um, Mm. So that was really a lot of fun. That's where all my education came in, specifically because we did nationwide transactions yeah obviously um, we wouldn't sit at the closing table with the clients because we were where we were and so we would hire third-party notary companies that type of thing so it was a lot of fun a lot of uh, learning experience and then um, I branched out and tried to open a title company with some friends with a friend I should say and then he um ended up getting into building uh, relationships with an appraisal company mortgage company a real estate agent that for me only lasted a couple of years. Unfortunately, the title company um, went under. Okay. Then um, the foreclosure boom hit. Sure. So then unfortunately, that was the book of my business for about four or five years. Mm-hmm. Depressing work, um, but it you know, still had to be done. Yeah. Um, so then I went to another company and did that for, for 10 years. 10 years or so. And then I went over to uh, refis. Yeah. Refi boom hit. Yeah. So you'll see this roller coaster ride I've been on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> In depth experience for every scenario of oh, real estate. Yeah. For sure. Like, I think there's probably a lot of people who have only ever done purchases or only ever done one thing. Right. So they don't know what to do when something comes yeah. up. So it's probably really helpful. Yeah, the the whole pivot, pivot and reevaluate is can be challenging for people. But if you can successfully do that, then you can you can make it a really great career for yourself. Yeah. So the refi business again was a third uh, a nationwide uh, transaction, and we were Rel's Title, and then we were purchased by a company called DataQuick, and then Stuart Title ended up buying our little. Um, office in Minnetonka. And there I managed for eight years. I managed a team of 72 people, um, not just Minnesota, but um, nationwide. And so that was, that was a whole nother experience uh, managing that type of thing. I liked it. I didn't like running reports, but I liked the other aspects of it. (laughs) I'm with you, Leah. I had, I dabbled in management at one point and it was I'm not cut out for it. Yeah. <laughs> not. 
And with 72 people, like you probably traveled and then you learned, like you were able to learn like other states too. Oh yeah. Well, and that, and I'm that, sure you knew that with the reload. Yeah. But... I knew that with the reload. And then with refis, um, you know, every transaction is different in every state. So I'm yeah. you know, the per- I mean, we did, we did mostly refis. We did a couple purchases here and there, but you know, every state like Arizona is an escrow state. You got to right. hold funds in an escrow account. And you know, it's just, it, it is very different. Yeah. Um, Iowa is an attorney state and, you know, yeah, so New York weird. is horrendous. Really? <laughs> I've heard that. <laughs> um, attorneys and co-ops and it's just oh, very I bad. Yeah. 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 Crazy. Um, yeah. We uh, made every penny worth what we were charging on those transactions. But, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, when Stuart purchased uh, Rel's t- uh, data quick title at the time, they shut down my division and I found myself saying, what do I want to do? Um, I've been doing it because that was my 21st year of being in title. And I thought, you know, do I want to find something different? And, and then it's like, no, I love what I do. And so I had heard through the grapevine because the real estate market is huge, but we are all in this close knit family. Yeah. So you get talk to one person and all of a sudden, a hundred other people realized Leah's looking for a job. Leah's looking for a job. <laughs> Yep. So I, um, uh, Gail, my prior boss had reached out to me, um, with results title and said, Hey, we heard you're looking for a job. <laughs> and it's like, you know, what do you got for me? And, uh, and she says, you know, how would you feel about going back to, I'm um, doing purchases, sitting at the table with clients and things like that. And I said, you know what, why not? I'll give it a try. And now I'm going on five years with results title. Nice. So yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. You do a, such a phenomenal job. You Thank and your team. It's really great working alongside you guys. Awesome. I, there were like a few questions. Um, I was so enthralled with how like each um, transition that you had. And I had questions that were coming up in between. And so now one of them is coming up. Um, the question just um, to piggyback off of that was that first, like that first year that you were in title, if, if you can re- recollect back to this, um, what was it about title that stuck out to you that you were like, yes, I am. I, this is, this is fun. I love it. Like, what was that one thing that you, that stuck out to you? You know, I think seeing an end product happen with regards to the start of a transaction where they're, you know, entering into a listing agreement or a purchase agreement, yeah, you know, and getting that first, oh, we've got our, you know, we've got a transaction here and seeing it all the way through is really satisfying. Um, specifically now in the last four years, coming back to the table and being across from, you know, those first time home buyers and just seeing the gleam in their eyes knowing, Oh my God, I'm going to have this big responsibility and this big investment. And, and yeah, that, that it was the first year I thought this is something that's really satisfying. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it is really satisfying yeah. work we do. Yeah, for sure. It is. Can, it can be both satisfying, exciting, and um, a nail biter all in one. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the, the ones that come up. There was a period of time there where I was like, Leah is just, she probably cringes every time she sees an email from me because just those last minute things of like, you know, the lenders got certain things, we've got certain things, you've got certain things. And I think just bringing it all together, like at the end, like sometimes it can really come down to the last 
minute. You can. Oh, yeah. Totally. So speaking of um, down to the wire, what has been one of the most challenging title closings? I, I can imagine it was down to the wire, 11th hour kind of um, details that you were bumping up against, but... There's just, I'm going to say there's just so many, but (laughs) (laughs) listen, everyone, Leah are good at what she does. Okay. If I I was to choose one, there was a transaction. um, uh, It was a purchase transaction and I was representing the um, buyer and, you know, uh, we were getting talking documents and, and buyers and sellers were there and agents were there. And then all of a sudden, just out of the blue, uh, the buyer had asked about the wooden swing set in the backyard. And I'm like, oh, shoot, what's happening here? Mm. And it was probably, you know, one of those, ex- you know, like really nice. Like you're talking a ten to $15,000 situation in the backyard. And the seller says, oh, the movers are taking that right now. And I could just see the eye, the eyes glaze over and the buyer's like, no, 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 no. That was supposed to stay. They were asking, where'd you get it? Where do we get parts for it? Things like that. Oh, and everything just stopped. And it was like, oh, great. Because that of a swing hour closing. That was a six hour closing between the negotiations going back and forth and having to get reapproval for the loan because now they're oh, issuing an escrow and because of this and it was just like it just snowballed one wow. thing after another and um, wow. so yeah and everybody was screaming at each other and oh it was not fun that's yeah, like can you even imagine like I'm, really <laughs> I'm just I'm trying to imagine being at a closing and going what is going yeah. on <laughs> but like I think it's one of those things where like you learn from that and I'll bet those agents always made sure if there was personal property included disclose, there was a disclose 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 exactly. what's supposed to be there yeah exactly. and a lot of title companies now you know probably um within the last 10 years or so um that bill of sale is always so important because the norm is the norm the refrigerator you know that type of thing but whenever things anything's out of the norm see it in a in an amendment or on the purchase agreement, we type it on there on the bill of sale saying the swing set. Sure. <laughs> so, yes. you know, sellers are signing off. Yes, we're leaving the swing set and that type of thing. So any of those little Smart. tiny things. Yeah. That's that's a long that day. that was a long, long day, day. That was a long day of work. And, you know, us closers, you know, we don't have just that one transaction. So it's a lot right. of struggling to see if someone else can cover. Or at one point I had to leave. Yeah. I had to go and I said, I'll, you know, call me when you've got this worked out and I'll come back. <laughs> yep. But I, I have other people that need to be closing on their properties right now too. So <laughs> a lot of times in, you'll hear this, you know, you, do we want to push it out a day? Right. You, you know, even when lenders aren't clear to close and we're looking at the afternoon before I will put it out there. Yeah. Do we want to push it a day? Because those last minute things and those details, that's when things get missed. Yes. That's when things get missed. And the buyer, you know, wants to talk to their loan officer, their uh, loan officer's closer to go over that closing disclosure. They don't want to see it sitting at the table because they're going to have questions that I may not be able to answer. Um, so, it's, you know, it's important that, you know, if we have to push it, you have to push it. It's really in the benefit of everybody in the long yeah. run. Um, so nothing's missed. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's. Would, yeah. And I'll just add, like you said, like, you know, there's so many, and I think it is one of those things where if you've had kind of like a rough transaction and towards the end, I would say it's always that last like week, right. Before we typically, that's when things start to get a little bit yeah. rough. Yeah. Um, know that you're not alone. Right. I think there's a yeah. lot of people that have had difficult transactions. And I just want to put this out as like kind of a PSA. It's something we were talking about in our team meeting this morning. Know that like everybody is working to get it done. Like none of us want to stop a transaction or cancel a transaction or, you know, we don't care. We're not working behind the scenes. Sometimes there are limits of what we're coming up against and we don't want to throw anybody under the bus. So a lot of times those, we're just not sharing that information, but know that we are, we are working behind the scenes to get everything done that we possibly can. Right. Because I think sometimes it can look like one person or another person is to blame for everything. And I just like, I just want to put that out there. Like that's not true. And like, sometimes there is a person in the transaction that's more difficult to work with than others, but we're working on our side to get whatever Yeah. So yeah. that's beautifully stated, Dina. It, it really is. Um, there's a lot of working and moving pieces when it comes to the transaction. So there is never just one sole individual um, that could have blame placed on them. That's just, it's, it's not how the cookie crumbles. <laughs> yeah. Moving pieces. So and there's so many people involved in a, in a transaction, you know, it, it, it's just, um, we all, you know, it, uh, end product is that we all came together and, and got this accomplished and communication is just so key because yeah. there are so many individuals involved in a, in a transaction. I think yeah. there was one where we had, well, there had to been like 14 people on the email. Like, oh, I'm sure. just, yeah. you know, it's like people get added. You've got like the transaction coordinators, you've got the <laughs> both sides, you've yeah. got both agents, you've got Processor. Like, processor. Yeah, yeah, it just yeah, yeah. snowballs. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> yep. so into that, if you could use one word to describe the importance of title, what would it be and why? Insurance. Oh, I like Love that. It. I like that so much. Good. I like to say when I'm Love like, it. when I'm when I'm talking to um, like first-time home buyers and they're like, "What is title?" They're, I'm like, "They let they do a fabulous job of just wrapping everything up into a nice, neat bow for you for closing on the property, but so much more." So that that is like total that is literally assurance for the closing of the property. I love it. You just I would love to hear just a little bit more about why you chose that. Well, you know, buying this home is the biggest investment for anybody. Yeah. I don't care if you are a millionaire, you're still purchasing a very big investment. Yeah. And just like when you purchase your car, you're going to have insurance on that car. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, your home being the biggest investment that you'll ever make in your life, maybe five, six times in your life um, is extremely important. And title insurance Everyone will ask me, well, you did a search on this property, correct? Absolutely, we did. We do a 40-year search on every transaction. But people are human and things get missed. Mm -hmm. One thing that a lot of people do not understand is there is a gap period 
in regards to the county effective date and the day you close. It's usually at least 30 days. Mm -hmm. uh, could have gone out, taken out a line of credit in between the gap period, and we would have no idea. You know, yep. We have people complete these forms and we ask these questions. Um, but a lot of times they are naive to the fact, oh yeah, I did take out a line of credit, but I didn't realize it actually attached to this property. Right. <laughs> you know, so these things do come up and um, when you go to refinance your home that you just purchased five years ago and something comes up, uh, um, a line of credit showed up in between the gap period and you go to refinance and now this mortgage is on your property and it's not yours, what am I going to do about this? Well, you're going to reach out to your insurance company that you purchased your home through and issued you an owner's title insurance policy and say, hey, what are you going to do about this? Yeah. Well, we have insurance through the gap coverage that's going to take care of that for you. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> another thing in regards to um, having title insurance is that if your closer at the time forgot to collect something. Right now, sure. second half taxes are due within 60 days. So we have to collect mm -hmm. and don't add it on there. And then you get a notice in the mail, you the buyer saying your second half taxes aren't paid. Yeah. Pick up the phone and you have your owner's insurance policy. Well, I know I'm going to talk to results title. Their underwriter is either Chicago title or first American title. And you have a claim that you need to file against your policy. So there's there's many little scenarios that can happen in regards to um, why you would um, purchase an owner's title insurance policy. There is only one time that I would suggest that um, if a buyer was to come to me and say, you know, I'm paying cash, the lender's not gonna require me to have a policy because there is no lender, I'm gonna waive my owner's title insurance policy because that is an option. You, you don't mm -hmm. have to purchase it. Mm -hmm. um, I sell title insurance. That's what I do. I work for a title insurance company. I sell title insurance. I will talk blue and my, to my face is blue and pink um, to convince them to, to purchase it. The only time I would back down from that is that if it was a family owned home for many, 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 you're talking, you know, 50 years and another family member is purchasing it. Okay. That is really the only time I would back down and say, you know what, I think you're pretty safe here to not purchase the owner's policy um, because your parents have owned this house for 50 years, your dad built it, that type of thing. So, you know, yeah. 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 And so go ahead, Dina. I was just going to say, and people can only purchase it at the time of closing, right? It's not something that you can like go back and change your Correct. mind on. So right. that's why it's so important to understand. And I know, like, I know I've had clients where it's like, it's another line item and they're trying to save money and, oh gosh, like, I just don't, you know, it's more money. And it's like, yes, but this is not something you can go back and change your mind on. So yeah. please do this. The only other time you could add it on is if you were to refi, then you okay. could purchase your owner's policy then. Okay. But you just could call up an insurance company and say, hey, I want to now purchase an owner's policy. Yeah. That's, that's not how that works. Yeah. But if you go to refi, you can then purchase an owner's policy if you don't already have it. Okay. Yeah. And also too, uh, you know, when you're getting financing, that lender is going to require a, a policy and you get a discount on your owner's policy. Oh, nice. Um, so it, it, 
it, you know, it pays out. It, you're talking a couple hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah. It's not normally, I mean, it totally depends on the, on the loan. Absolutely. But, amount, I, but it's not a huge amount of money when you look at the big concept and the big scenario in regards to yeah. you know, the other fees that you're having to pay too. It's just yeah. a small, yeah. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I do want to get to the difference between the lenders and the owners just a little bit more. But before we do that, it probably makes sense to explain what the process of title is for our listeners. And then we can dive into um, lenders title insurance versus owners title insur- insurance and the reason those are in place and the importance of them too. So on an owner's transaction, when a, a buyer is purchasing a home, they work with their um, agent, they enter into a contract, that contract is signed by all parties, and then the agent then will forward to us the purchase agreement. That is then our trigger to start the transaction with regards to doing a title search. And I had mentioned earlier that we do a 40-year search. Um, we yeah, have- that's awesome. I didn't know it went back that far. I anticipated that it was pretty far back, but not 40 years. That's pretty... That's pretty awesome. Is that typical though for all title companies? It is. Okay. Gotcha. Um, So then once the the order comes in, we fan out our order to our vendors. Uh, We have uh, abstractors that will go out and abstract the property. And what they do is they go to the county, search all the county records, and they put together all these little notes on in regards to what mortgages were out there, any liens, judgments filed against the property. Then those notes, I call them, go back to our examiner. And then our examiner reviews those notes and they say, oh, that one's been paid off and satisfied, the satisfaction's recorded, so forth. So they go through all these notes and start deleting things that don't have to be listed on the title commitment. Once they've done that, then they issue a title commitment and that gets sent to all parties involved in the transaction. And the title commitment is for information. Okay. So that information is provided to all parties to see, oh, Mr. Seller does have one mortgage. Oh, we see taxes are due for second half. Oh, there's a judgment against um, a John Smith who our seller happens to be Joseph Smith. So we've got a similar name situation. So we've, that's a, you know, so this is just all information that closers and agents need to pay attention to in regards to what is meeting to be done to make sure my buyer has clear title. Well, a mortgage has to be paid off, so forth, so forth. Mm-hmm. So then the closers work together on making sure um, they get the help from the buyer's closer in regards to, I need a copy of that satisfaction of that mortgage or a copy of that mortgage, so forth. And then once we know we have clear title, um, we can issue a owner's title insurance policy and a lender's policy, um, knowing that it's, it's good to go, that we can issue that policy. And before that, obviously, we, you know, we work with the buyers and the um, agents on scheduling the closing, what's convenient for them on a location, a time, so forth. Title companies are open just like banks, 830 to 5. We don't do closings on the weekends. <laughs> um, you know, there's always exceptions. Um, refis, we can, you know, do a signing, um, a refinance transaction on a weekend because you have the three-day rescission period. The Federal Reserves is not open Saturday and Sunday. So closings on the weekends rarely ever happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So then, you know, we get to the closing table and that's the exciting part is, you know, we sign the documents that the lender provides to us. Um, The lenders 
we'll work with the closer, the title closer in regards to getting some prelim numbers so they know what to add to their, um, their closing disclosure when they're disclosing the figures to their buyer. And then hopefully three days prior to closing, you know, we've balanced, um, our lenders gotten documents, the bottom line has been disclosed to their buyer. And um, then we come to the closing table. Now with COVID, we're um, all not coming to the closing table, which is- Yeah. Funny. Yeah. <laughs> and I honestly, just to put a little tidbit in here, I don't see this changing uh, anytime yeah, soon. Okay. Yeah. Um, so then- uh, we, we sign the documents with the buyers as their closer slash notary. Um, there are times where a buyer may have a question that we're not able to answer on behalf of the loan officer. And so we'll try and get the loan officer on the phone. And, you know, just because they're, you know, people aren't physically sitting there at the table doesn't necessarily mean that they're still not, you know, invested in your closing because right. again, um, when we're scheduling closings, all parties know what time this is closing. And so right. we expect the parties to be available at that time. Yeah. So a seller side closing is a little bit different just because of the fact that you're having to order payoffs. I mean, you still get the same search, um, you know, but you're working with another closer um, on the seller side. Uh, you, we have a lot more contact on a seller side with the client than we do a buyer side. I know that sounds strange. It does, yeah. Yeah, but since they changed the rule in regards to when TRID rolled out, we do not disclose the numbers to the buyer. Right. The loan officer does, the lender mm -hmm. does. So that's mm -hmm. why we have little contact with the buyer in regards to their whole transaction until we actually sit at the table. Right. On a seller side transaction, that's very different because we have to reach out to that seller and say, on your title work, you have a mortgage. Who are you making your mortgage payments to? What's your loan number? That type of thing. And then we have to order those items. We have to order a payoff statement. We have to order um, HOA dues letter, those types of things. So we get invested with the sellers. Um, specifically, if there's a title issue, there's a prior mortgage still showing on your title that was supposed to be satisfied in 2009. Who did you close with? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> of course you don't. Let's find out. <laughs> I'm a folder that says results title on it? No. So we do have a lot, you know, we, we communicate a lot with your sellers, with the sellers, for sure, for sure. And then, you know, with um, the transactions that are happening now, we pre-sign all of our sellers, um, hopefully a week prior to the actual closing date, mm -hmm. we go over numbers, um, that type of thing. And then um, we, as title companies, overnight those signed originals to the buyer's closing company. So they have them in plenty of time for closing so they can whip through and make sure that. We've done our job correctly. Everything's notarized, so forth. And then the seller, you know, will hear from us, the closers, um, the, the morning of closing or they're about closing time and say, you know, you've closed and funded. Everything's good to go. Your funds will be wired. Federal Reserves takes a couple hours to get your money sent to your bank, so forth. And then um, the, the buyer side will then work on issuing their final uh, policy. So once the mortgage and the deed on a buy side get recorded, that's when the policies can be issued. Uh, and then those policies are issued. Like I mentioned, uh, results title has two underwriters, First American and Chicago title. And um, we're pretty good at, at, at about 30 days. Um, a lot of counties now we can do what we call an e-record. So that means we physically don't have to walk in the originals. Um, which is great. Um, so counties are um, 
uh, quicker in record in regards to the recording. Did you guys have to used to have to do that? Yep. We'd have to like is like every Friday. We'd or walk something? with the pouch. Wow. Walk with the pouch. Oh my gosh. The county. We'd have a, a recording department, oh. and that's what this individual did. Yep. That sounds painful. Sit there so and it's wait. Really great. Very <laughs> important role too. I'm sure. Like. <laughs> Like, protect those documents like your life depends on it <laughs> and once the owner's policy is issued it's also issued at the same time the lender's policy is and then your your clients your buyers get uh, a copy of the owner's title insurance policy obviously and then they get a copy of the recorded deed and mortgage along with mm-hmm. their policy packet and now with technology, uh, we email those policies um, to the individuals. We used to send them regular mail and a lot of times they never get them or, you know, that type of thing. Yeah, of course. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of the closing process and how that all rolls out into, into play. Wonderful. Would you be able to dive into um, the lender's insurance versus the owner's insurance, the difference between the two and the significance and importance of it? Yeah, it's it's kind of ironic because it's called a lender's policy. Well, guess what? That policy is protecting the lender. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then the owner's policy is protecting the owner. They are very separate. Um, if you don't purchase owner's policy, the lender would be covered for any title insurance claim, but the owner would not be. Interesting. Okay. So the lender could have a claim, file a claim, but not the owner. It's, um, it's, 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 it's silly in regards to why they just couldn't cover each other. But the lender isn't paying for the owner's policy. They're paying for their own policy to ensure their own um, underwriting, their investment, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So the lender's policy is required um, on every transaction if there is financing involved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And on our closing disclosures and our Alta statements, um, you know, the buyer, the owner's policy, even when there's financing, is optional. Um, so that again, as we talked about, it's, they can choose to purchase um, one or not. Is that a question you guys both get probably quite often? Like, oh, well, if the lender has an insurance policy, mm-hmm. why do I need my own? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. It's kind of like the difference between like the appraisal and the inspection. Yeah. Well, in, for yeah. hypothetical, the lender isn't going to go refinance. Right. But right. as the owner of your home, you're going to want to refinance probably hundred percent of the time. <laughs> yeah. And if something comes up when you go to refinance, um, you're, you're covered for anything that would, it, the biggest thing that we see in the title industry in regards to title clearance issues is prior mortgages not being satisfied. And the reason for that is because a lot of lenders, not so much anymore, but you know, five, 10, 15 years ago, the lenders would get a check and they would say, awesome, zero balance. And then they would mail out a satisfaction, an original satisfaction to their client that would come via mail. And guess what? It would be at their old address. Be at their old address. They think it's junk mail. Sure. It never gets opened. And in this envelope is the original satisfaction with specific instructions from that lender saying, you need to go get this recorded. Oh, shoot. Oh, my gosh. Guess what? Never opened it. Never saw it. What is a satisfaction? I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. And so um, that's where a lot of we put our little investigator hats on and say, start asking the questions. Do you remember who you closed with? 
I do, I think it was called tradition title or, you know, so we start Googling and we get a copy of the prior mortgage to see, hopefully, hopefully maybe that prior title company put us their stamp on it. Cause we put a stamp on it saying, send the recorded copy to results title. Smart. Um, and then way back, you know, sometimes it, they wouldn't have it on there. And it's like, do you have any documentation from when you purchased your home? Because that will also tell us possibly who you closed with. Because I'm going to reach out to that prior title company and say, hey, you closed on this property. You issued it a policy. Now my client wants to refinance and you still have an open mortgage. So what they're going to do is they're going to issue us, the new title company, a document called a letter of indemnity. So what that is, is they're indemnifying results title of that mortgage. And they'll go and work on getting either a duplicate satisfaction from that lender or if they can confirm, yes, they did pay it off, they're going to issue what they call a certificate of release and get that recorded. So when it comes to title clearance and those types of things, we do a little bit of investigating, yeah. you know, that type of thing. But um, again, that's where the owner's policy comes into play. And, and the insurance to know that mm -hmm. if something does come up, I can just call Chicago Title or First American and say, this is my policy number. Do something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like when people first kind of started getting mortgages, like they were staying in the homes for until they paid it off, right? Mm -hmm. Like it was yeah. more typical, but now people are buying and selling every few years. And so I think that probably goes hand in hand with like, okay, we need to like do something about yeah. this. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. And people, if they do stay in their homes for 20 plus years, they've probably refinanced <laughs> at least five times. Yeah. <laughs> Five times. Yeah. That's yeah. very true. I don't think I've ever lived in a home that I haven't refinanced. So yeah. Not yet. Any I mean, I'm still in the six months here. So I'm <laughs> yeah. chomping at the bit. So maybe we'll have to do that for you, Dina. <laughs> Take a close look at it. Yes. Do you want to wrap us up with the last question here for Leah and relieve her so she can go back to her amazing? Yeah. <laughs> more investigating yeah. for us, I'm sure. Yeah. All right. So we're currently, Kelly and I have both got quite a few move up buyers. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's always a big question for, for those sellers slash buyers is like, how does this all work from the title perspective and the funding? Like what, what do you guys do specifically like at results title that helps those move up buyers? So what we have to do first is we have to know on their sale who the buyer's closing company is. We have to initiate the scheduled closing for that sale quickly. The first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to call, email that buyer's closer and say, my sellers are purchasing. I need you to schedule this, their sale early in the morning. And so they're going to contact their buyers and there's sometimes a major trickle effect in regards to, Oh, now they're selling this, you know, that type of thing. Yeah. It's important that the closers work closely with each other at this point in regards to getting everything scheduled. So the timing works out just perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so usually what I tell uh, my sellers is that uh, we're going to schedule your, your sales side 10 o'clock. Okay. Okay. And then when you're pre-signing with me, you're going to fill out a proceeds authorization sheet um, indicating that your funds from your sale are going to be wired to results title. Okay. So then 
when we schedule your buy side, we're going to have to schedule at least an hour in between your sale and your buy. Okay, so for closing at 10, I want to see you, you know, about 11, 1130-ish, because mm -hmm. that sale, that closer has to wire the funds to results title, it's got to hit our bank account, it's got to post to my file, that type yes. of thing. Those things take time. Federal Reserves can send funds within minutes, and sometimes they sit on those funds for hours. Yeah. Yeah. It's very frustrating, <laughs> because, um, you know, the... I'm, I'm on the, where's my, funds? where's my funds from, you know, with the other, um, uh, closer on the sales side. She's like, I wired them. Like, I wired them. Here's my confirmation number. So forth and so forth. Yeah. It's like, it's not hitting my account. Um, the timing has to be very, um, on point. If there's a hiccup on their sale, that other closer better communicate to not only me, but to the agents to say, we've got a hiccup. My lender didn't get me the documents. I'm delayed an hour. Mm -hmm. I got to push mine an hour, those types of things. So, you know, the biggest thing is communication and, and assuring that the um, funds um, are going to be sent, you know, hopefully sooner than later. Yeah. And then once the, um, the funds do hit our account for their, their buy side, then we sign their, you know, their closing documents. And a lot of times people are getting funds yeah. From their sale to purchase their new home. And then they get more funds yep. because their first, their sale was such an investment and they had so much equity in it. They didn't need all their funds. So then we disperse to them the difference at their buy side closing. Yeah. A so, check. so if, if we have somebody who wants to do the same day close, mm -hmm. what would your recommendation be for like a closing date? Like, are there days to avoid? The last day, the last Friday of the month. Yeah. And the fifth <laughs> of the month. <laughs> and what's it, uh, it's, what's so strange is last month in August, um, the 23rd, which is a Wednesday, I had 13 closings that day. And Weird. I scratched my head for half the day thinking why the 23rd of August, a Wednesday. And I just could never figure it out. I mean, the state fair started the next day. In but the Labor been, Day. Yeah. yeah. That is interesting. Uh, so, you know, it's really kind of hit and miss nowadays um, in regards to when people want to close. It's just, uh, it, and honestly, what are you hearing when you're signing the purchase agreement? Do they, do they say, I want to close on the last day of the month? Then, Usually. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm just, I'm like looking at the calendar. You Did you mean the 25th? Was it a Wednesday? Which yeah. Wednesday? 25th. I'm counting the rescission days for like a refinance. Mine were refinances. Yeah. Huh? They were all purchases. Oh, they were all purchases. All purchases. Maybe that just felt like a good day. Oh. You know, like, because <laughs> I do usually, like, especially if I have somebody who's doing like a buy sell or even somebody that I know that has like, you know, a desk job or something like that, I'll say, you know, Fridays tend to be very busy on the title side. And there's only so many people that we have. So I will always recommend like a Wednesday or Thursday, mm -hmm. because then it's like, just take the rest of the week off to move. If you can do that, it just makes everything a lot smoother. And then too, like, if it does get pushed today because of X, Y, Z, we're thing, not waiting a weekend. You're not waiting a weekend. Mm -hmm. And even like, I've done that, like with the last day of the month now, because 
the last day of the month, it's like, if anything pushes that, then are you going to be homeless the next day? Are you, do you have somewhere to go? What does that look like for you? And especially if it's coming into a weekend, it's like, let's avoid that. Let's, you know, I'll even say like, you can close on Monday and move on Friday. Like that doesn't hurt you, but like to put all of that pressure on that one day. And then if something does come up, like you want to be real careful that like everything is like a sure, sure thing. Yeah. 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 So yeah. Cool. Anything else, Kelly? I can't think of anything else, Dina, that, um, those were some really, really detailed responses to those questions, Leah, and appreciate appreciate you taking time out of your afternoon to hop on the call with us and go over all of this and be a part of our amazing podcast. Yeah. Well, thank you you for having me. Of course. Really fun. And I think, yeah, I think there's a lot of great takeaways. So I think people will learn a lot. We'll be sure to leave Leah's contact information in the show notes for you guys. Um, in case you do have any additional questions around the title process, um, or maybe there's something specifically, maybe you're not using Leah, but you've got questions and <laughs> an opportunity for you. Wink, wink. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll be sure to leave those, um, for all of you who are listening in case you, um, are chomping in the bit at the bit for some specific questions that maybe weren't answered in, in our episode. Yeah. Oh. Did I add something? No, I'm good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, we certainly appreciate, appreciate everyone tuning in for this episode with another special guest. And until next week, we'll see you then. Thanks for listening to On a Mission, where our goal is to educate and inspire. If you loved this episode, it would mean the world to us to help spread the message. It takes 30 seconds to rate and review, then share this episode with your friends. Let's spread the love. Until the next episode, cheers to your mission. Bye. Bye.